This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now, that time, 816, Parks Director Nate Williams in studio singing right now. That, that's you, right? Yeah, every time I... Uh, Thomas t- Laird on the harmonica yeah, in the background? I, I'm telling you, that's our retirement plan. We're going to leave and start up a band. But I feel like uh, I feel like every time we that's come... That's Nate's retirement oh, okay. plan. <laughs> I, I'm about 10 years short on... <laughs> every time we come in here and put on these headphones, though, I feel like, I feel like we need to sing, though. Yeah, like... You know, you should be doing something. I don't know, rapping or I don't know anything. Well, that's why Melinda's here. Uh, Melinda Tate that's, is here as well. That's too. her. That's her side hobby. Is she likes to throw <laughs> down some raps. I'll play the drums. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I guess starting off this morning, uh, oh, you know what, Nate? I didn't play your. I, I know that's why I put my headphones what, on. Where's our but theme song? Maybe I, coming out of a commercial break, yeah, we could do yeah, that. I, because I, we need to make up for that. I, I forgot all about it's it. It's okay. You know, I don't request much, Scott. Yeah, I but know. The I right know. theme song when Parks and Recreation come on. That, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll get to it. Don't worry. Don't leave, man. Right. Don't, don't leave. You know, uh, we have our, our parks commission meetings uh, once a month, and our city TV guys are great to work with, and I've tried to get them for years to make that our theme song because it's live televised, yeah. you know, and, and I just can't convince them like you. I don't know why not. We appreciate that. Yeah. So. You know, it should, it should be fun, and right? We, if oh, we're not oh, fun, it is making, fun. Yeah. yeah if, fun, we're, if we're not having fun, who's having fun, Scott? That's right. We bring the fun. You, it's like a party in here. Right? <laughs> Doesn't you feel it? An early 8.15 party. <laughs> and, and Melinda Tate is dancing over to the microphone now. To, <laughs> the the middle half was held, what, last weekend or weekend before? Um, October 9th. So, so two weeks ago. Two yeah, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And, and it was a, a successful event. And tell us how it all went. Oh, it went great. Of course, the weather was perfect. And your dad stepped in at the last minute when uh, Nate gave him a call. Our our DJ uh, had laryngitis. Ah. So, um, you want to tell yeah. the story? Bart was there to run, right? And then yeah, like, Bart was there. Bart, don't run today. We need. He didn't get to run. <laughs> so, funny story. Every year at the middle half, I, I've seen Bart. I know he's around. You know, Bart just comes to events, and it's it's amazing. He always gets some audio clips and stuff like that. And um, I heard a terrible noise coming from where the start line was, and it was our DJ's voice. He couldn't speak. It just sounded terrible, and he just kind of gave me the look, and I was sitting there. I was like, okay, I didn't have Bart's cell phone number stored, but just miraculously, I remembered it, and I was like, oh, wow. So I called. I was like, hey, Bart, are you here by chance? And, of course, Bart was like, yeah, I'm here. I was like, where are you? And it turns out he was six feet away from me. That's funny. <laughs> and I said, I need a favor. And about 12 seconds later, he was doing the announcements and uh, welcoming runners. Did and he fire the gun for the start? No, I think, I think I fired the gun. Oh, okay. I would have let him, though. He could have done anything <laughs> that morning, but just stepped right in there. And it's just, uh, it was really helpful. I've told him thank you about 15 times. Uh, but, you know, some of us don't have a radio voice like you guys. Uh, not me. Bart's, yeah, yeah he's the one. Well, he, he put it on. I knew I could have just said things, but not near as uh, eloquently and, and deep and that kind of thing. So so the race was good. Yeah. It, it yeah. happened. And uh, now, 
since the start of it, like $500,000 has been raised and donated to local nonprofits, I guess, over the last 13, 14 years now? Yes, we have so many volunteer groups that help us out, and um, we make a donation to their their cause. And we've probably, it's been about $500,000 over the last 14 years. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the fun parts of the after race meeting is uh, divvying out the donations. And this year, people got some really good little gifts and stuff for running, right? Oh, yeah. We had the swag. We had uh, some sunglasses. Uh, Trust Point partnered with us. Um, of course, Ascension St. Thomas Rutherford was our, our presenting sponsor. So we were able to really, really do it right this year for the runners. Good. You know what's really cool is that we moved uh, the course just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now we start in, right in front of Central Magnet School, and then we finish uh, coming down to the square. And it's such a cool ambiance. Uh, MTSU was great for years and really worked, but uh, this year and the, the last time we ran the race a couple years ago, and it's just an awesome uh, visual to come into downtown Murfreesboro. And this year we had the opportunity to partner uh, with the Saturday market, the farmer's market. Yeah. And, and I can't say enough about Sarah and her staff that put that on. It's such a great event on Saturday mornings, but uh, there was a lot of people, and it was really fun seeing the, the families who came to cheer on uh, their, their relative or their friend uh, that was running the race. Yeah. You know, they've got usually a couple of hours to walk around. They went around and shopped. And then uh, on the other side, people who came for the market were able to come and see what was going on with the race. I, so, I'm sure some were confused. Like, what, what are all yeah. these people doing running? What's, what's going on? <laughs> what are they running from? What are they running from? So, no, it was, it was a great, uh, great Saturday morning, perfect weather. Uh, you know, people put in a lot of work. You know, I think uh, we've got people working till, you know, 10 or 11 at night, and then uh, getting back out there at 2.30 in the morning to get everything set up and ready to go. It's really Murfreesboro's race. Uh, so, uh, a lot of thanks goes to, especially this year, you know, our st- the middle half board puts in a ton of work. Our maintenance staff do a ton to set this race up. But I think the difference this year, uh, Sergeant Wood at the police department and the whole command post, as far as making sure the course is safe and ready to go, uh, the police department just stepped up big time this year, and we certainly appreciate that. So how was traffic flow this year with the new, uh, I guess, the new course, the new arrangement of the course and all that? Was it was it better? Was it good? You know, it's never great when you shut down so many roads downtown. <laughs> uh, it's, I won't pretend to say, yeah, it was great, but I think people learned how to navigate around and understand. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the coolest things to see, and I don't see it much, I'm usually kind of at the start-finish area, but when you get out and see just random people uh, on their on their front lawns or just out cheering on, you know, yeah. uh, 1,500 runners going by, it's really cool thing to see. I went down Main Street and uh, several of the houses down Main Street were having like a brunch breakfast out there, a oh, little cool. party, uh, cheering people on. So Yeah, it, it, East Main is such a cool road anyway, you know, with all the historic mm-hmm. houses and all that. And you see it during the Christmas parade as yeah. well. They'll set up shop out there and out yeah. there eating and, you know, the people in the parade stop and eat. Well, you're not supposed to do that, but well, you did know, you have the problem with that during the the run? People the stopping and eating, stopping and eating, and then I don't know. Maybe if I was running, I, I would, would stop at every house that had food and ask for food. But well, you know, if I were running, I would, that's probably why I'm not a runner. That's right. I, I would have started at Central and yeah. just ran right down East Main, right yeah. there, 400 yards, and you're yeah. done. Yeah, call it a day. That's right. How long would it take you to do that? Well, five minutes. Oh, you're good. Like Twenty minutes. <laughs> then you just walk down and eat at everybody's house. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Hey, speaking of Christmas parade, we're really excited. You know, Parks and Recreation is putting that on, and really uh, pumped about what it's going to be this year. So it, we didn't have it last year, just like so many things was canceled. Uh, but we we are so excited to have the Christmas parade back, and I think uh, we can say 
with a lot of certainty uh, that it's going to happen and, and yeah. we're getting some sign-ups so if people want to understand what the rules are and um, what different opportunities there are uh, and how to register a float uh, they can go to murfreesboroparks.com and i know something that you're kind of familiar with is that somewhat the, somewhat yeah the parade yeah. so now i'm, I'm trying to remember was it canceled last year because of ice or COVID? I'm tr- I can't remember yeah. because I know there was one year it was canceled due to snow and ice. And then, yeah. So I remember uh, last COVID? year it was because of COVID. COVID. So, okay. Uh, we were seeing right at that time just an explosion in in, in case numbers, and you know we thought we can't. Uh, you know we got to do our part. Everybody's trying to do their thing. So what we said is we can't do something that's just going to bring so many people together. So we canceled last year, but. Uh, we're looking forward to this year. You know, I, I think the community needs more stuff like this yeah. to get back into routine. I mean, like the race. I, I just, we need that. And we're seeing it firsthand, Scott. You know, our, our staff is excited to put events back on. Mm-hmm. We never stopped. I would say I think Thomas and Melinda can probably verify this with me. This is the busiest we've ever been in Parks and Recreation from our facilities, uh, from our exercise classes, everything. People are ready to get back out. So. And our, our events. We just hosted the Barfield Bash, and it was record attendance. It was uh, just unbelievable how many people came out so what about the uh the haunted hayride and all that was oh that yeah it was great good, good. Yeah. it was really good so we did about a thousand people both nights coming through so wow. a big night had a big uh, party at the carnival and then the weekend before that we had Frightensburg over at cannonsburg and had a huge turnout for that and it was scary yeah. very did, were scary. you did you leave scared or were yeah you able to sleep that night? Yes, i'm very scared <laughs> i didn't sleep well at all it was super scary <laughs> <laughs> so, so all of that ha- has taken place over the last few weekends, right, uh, including the race. I mean, a lot has been going on. We still have some Halloween events going on, though. Friday night, we have uh, Patterson Park is having their Spooky Splash. Uh, so that's a, a fun event, Halloween um, tie-dyed shirts and um, so that's going on different this games and activities. Yes, this Friday at Patterson Park, I think it starts at 530. You, you want to call... Uh, ahead of time and get your name on the list i know there's limited number of participants on that one and then over at the wilderness station we have another uh, program for young people uh, fall event and that's on friday evening as well and then if you're a senior we have a dance at the senior center oh okay uh, and you know they are really excited about getting back to the dances and and doing those things so, so they they've held off on a lot of stuff i know over the last they year have and, a half, and so. you know our team over there mark owens and his staff they've done a phenomenal job uh we were one of the first senior centers to actually open back up and now mark is spending a lot of time going throughout middle tennessee helping other senior centers open safely and get back to their normal routine similar to what we've done so we, they've really set the model uh, for what tennessee's senior centers are doing in in here in middle tennessee very cool you know scott it's funny when people find out you work in parks and recreation i'm sure um, my co-workers here have the same experience but they say awesome awesome what do you do when it's not spring and summer you know the, <laughs> well we just go home yeah we just back it up so. we have basketball season <laughs> yeah we have basketball which season. we are doing right but sign it, ups. <laughs> it's it's fascinating though because i would say easily i mean we stay busy uh we have you know many facilities we have uh, over two thousand acres of park space but october is the busiest month we have and I just can't say enough about the staff that work hard uh, days, nights, and weekends to put all the things on that happen in October. And everybody comes together, and that's kind of what makes it fun to be part of this team is I think we've got a staff that are excited about that. It's not like pulling teeth to do things. Uh, everybody wants to do the biggest and best thing we can to make Murfreesboro just a better place to live. So when you look at other cities, if Murfreesboro has roughly 2,000 acres of park space, how, how do other cities compare? Yeah, so per capita, I, I've got the numbers. I don't have them memorized. Oh, come uh, on. But <laughs> I think there's 
there's a common theme uh, that we, uh, the city has been uh, blessed to have leadership for the past, for many decades who believe in the benefits of parks and park space. So we are a well-supported department to be able to put on these programs and events, a lot of times at no cost or minimal cost. Uh, but we also have uh, a council and administration that's always looking towards park expansion, what that would look like, thinking 5, 10, 15 years down the road. I was on the, uh, the phone with the mayor last night uh, who was really starting to think about some of the you know, new opportunities. So that's, that's, it, it, we're blessed in that sense that they have the vision that we can communicate kind of what our vision is from a staff point. And they let us know what their vision might be as well and we find uh, what that looks like so uh, yeah we're, we are a, a blessed department a, a community to have such a, a robust park system uh, is not common in a town of 150,000 people and so what are we looking at you know five years down the road are there plans I, I know there's been talks a lot about a park in the Blackman yeah. area but what what is what is it actually shaping up to look like? Yeah, so we're, we're working on the strategy of that right now. We kind of stopped and reassessed about, you know, the properties that we have and where we want to put the park, you know, what park amenities we want to put on those properties. So we have a couple of different options. Uh, and that right now we're talking mm -hmm. to designers about what that could look like. Something we're really excited right now is we're into the really the second phase of the Seagull soccer park enhancement. So if you drive past Seagull, it's fascinating to see you've got our first set of four fields that are transition artificial turf and you know this time of year uh, in years past this is when we start pulling people off of those fields from playing right thomas right, right. so we'd be resting thomas was out there last night just, yep. <laughs> just grabbing them and no, we don't have off. to now we have turf field so <laughs> we're yeah. able to play all winter long okay, so, it's, so. It, it's a great opportunity for our soccer community uh, to be able to go out and i'd encourage people if you haven't seen those fields uh, our staff usually leaves the gate open during the day if nothing's happened go out there and kick around you'll see exactly what those fields are like these are for the community now what about the indoor soccer arena that you, this you, what, indoor how, soccer arena i like the way you said yeah, that yeah, that's, arena. maybe that's how we're so, so yes <laughs> it is big ninety thousand square feet that is big it is a yes. ninety thousand square foot so we've got the footers poured and our uh, uh the company that we've hired to come in and build the building uh, has starting to move materials on site so uh, our parking is a little bit handicapped right now as far as our spatial you know mm -hmm. uh, areas but uh we're about to start working on that and you'll see still going up and i think that's when people will see just how big this building is and what it can be and it's not just for soccer this is going to be a building that people will be able to rent uh that will be able to do all kinds of sports in events in and uh, we're excited about that but um it, it, it's there's un, nothing like it uh, anywhere close to us and what that's going to be like we do have big news that uh -oh. our six fields at the Jordan Farm, which is just down from Seagull Park on Cherry Lane, where MSC Rec has been playing, uh, now has lights. So we have six lighted fields there, which is really going to help out the local soccer community uh, and stop the interruptions when we have tournaments and things like that, that local play will continue. So, so what does soccer <laughs> look like in Murfreesboro? when you look at other areas because i know sometimes i'll see you know from the TSSAA a report about soccer teams coming to murfreesboro for tournaments and stuff like that so how does that work uh i think we've quickly became the the number one destination for soccer not just in tennessee but in all of middle tennessee or in the the southern region area you know we're 500 miles from two-thirds of the united states so brings a lot of, of national events uh, right now we have one of the largest clubs in the state with our local program. The Murfreesboro Soccer Club is, is one of the largest 
uh, in Tennessee. And then with this partnership and the renovation of these fields, Tennessee State Soccer's home office will be housed there at uh, Siegel. Uh, so all the Tennessee State Cups, which most of them had been held here anyways, but all the, the Tennessee State Cups, all the, the state soccer, level soccer, and then the Olympic Development Program uh, will call Siegel their home. And, you know, that just drives more tournament directors, more people want to come to the facility to play where the state championships are being held. So that's pretty cool. And then the uh, the new what what are you calling this soccer arena? I, I mean, is it just an indoor yeah, so indoor soccer field? <laughs> well, it's wow, uh, that's, that's not very technical. It's going to be. Uh, we're still kind of working on exactly how that's going to be. We're we're coordinating and uh, talking with some partners about it. But it's going to be a training center, performance center, that type of thing. Uh, that'll help uh, you know players and coaches get their teams to the next level. Um, and it'll be really the only one of its kind, I guess, in this area. Mm -hmm. The one of the kind, yeah. So um, it, it, I think this is the third largest building that's been built like this just in the country. Uh, so there's nothing like it. You know, we'll be able to host a lot of things out there. But Thomas hit on something. We have a partnership with the Tennessee State Soccer Association where uh, they're leasing space from us. They partner with us to bring in these tournaments. And I think um, that's really what has made, you know, Murfreesboro a destination for soccer development. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's really awesome to see. So hopefully we can get more people in hotel rooms, uh, get more people eating at restaurants here in Murfreesboro, and also shopping at some of our great local shops. And I think we're seeing that already, even though we've got you know five fields that you can't play on right now because they're they're being transitioned to artificial turf. And then again, also Thomas mentioned uh, youth basketball signups yes. going on. We are doing youth basketball registration right now. Currently, we'll continue that. Uh, usually through the second week of November, uh, we try to get all our registration in by November, but we know people miss deadlines and things are late, so we, we try to accommodate that. Uh, rarely do we have people that don't get in the league, but however, there are instances where if you wait too long and we assemble teams, uh, there may not be a spot available. So I encourage everyone that want to play basketball from ages five to adults uh, to Register. You can register at uh, MurfreesboroParks.com uh, on online registration, or you can go by Sportscom Patterson or McFadden Community Center or even the main office at Barfield Crescent Park to register. Uh, we also need coaches and sponsors. So, and uh, Scott, I, I think you coached before, uh, yeah. weren't you one of our coaches? Hey, we need to get that whistle back out. Right, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Scott needs to come back and coach again. I know you've got a bronze whistle hanging somewhere oh, in your yeah. house. Let's no, go. <laughs> absolutely. We'll give you a new whistle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we can get you for, a whistle for free. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So if somebody wants to learn more about that uh, website or either call right. the office and, and – They can call yeah. uh, the athletic office at 615-907-2251. Okay. I think, you know, it speaks to our website right now too, Scott. Uh, Melinda and her team have done just a tremendous job. So if you look at our rec connection that people have gone to for programs, we still have some of those events in there. But more than that, we just want to show people what facilities there are, what amenities we have in Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation. But if you go to MurfreesboroParks.com, everything we're talking about today is specified in a calendar there. You can do searches. You know, if you're interested in hiking, if you're interested in sports, just search that and it should pop up pretty easily. And there is definitely a lot of hiking space in Rutherford County mm -hmm. for sure. We've got the Greenway yeah. and the parks, of course. And this is a great time of year to get out on the Greenway and then yeah. get over at Barfield and some of the other areas, yeah. you know. Um, it, it, 
Barfield Park right now is becoming that the place to go when it comes to getting up on the trails. If you've never experienced our unpaved trails, mm-hmm. uh, they're well signed. You know, we've got a lot of directional uh, kiosks that tell you where to go. But that's it's just a great time of year. This is the time of year I like to get up into the woods. So I, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, you're going to play our music, right? I'm going to play the thank music. Thank you. Thank you. Are there <laughs> when we come back? Are, are there any uh, updates you can give us on any maybe new trails or anything like that, or Greenway additions or we can talk about whatever you want to we have lots of projects (laughs) we're going to take a short break time right now 835 a check on the weather right now skies will become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high in the low 60s north winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour tonight partly cloudy skies alone near 40 i'm meteorologist jennifer voicitsky on news radio wgns currently it's 50 hi this is peter demas with demas's family restaurants do you know somebody who's moved far away and is missing eating at Demas's? Well, Demas's Family Restaurants now offers many of our sauces and some of our food, such as pot roast and soup, to be shipped all across the nation. It's very simple. You just go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com and you can send an order to anybody as a gift all across this nation. You can send an order to anybody. Go to DemasFamilyKitchen.com While we're all hiding indoors from the heat, this is a great time to pick up some new toys to keep your pets entertained. This is Amanda from Animal City. We have a wide variety of products for small pets and their people and the critters themselves to add to your family. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. And don't let your pet go unprotected from fleas and ticks. We have a wide variety of products to suit most needs and budgets. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. Join us November 27th at the Lane Agro Park, the Small Business Saturday Holiday Market. We'll have jewelry, clothing, home decor, fashion accessories, food trucks, and much more. Find us on Facebook at Small Business Saturday Holiday Market. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. We're talking with Glenn King, and you're a World War II veteran. During World War II, it's different than any of the other wars that we've had since. The youth of America couldn't wait until they're old enough to enlist in the armed forces. And the war was coming to an end, and I dropped out of high school and joined the Marines. How old were you when you actually enlisted? Barely 17. You also served in Korea as well. The big thing that I remember during the Korean War, I was assigned to a Marine Corps fighter squadron, VMF-144. There were two very important people there that were left over from World War II. They thought there would never be another war, so after the war ended, since they were pilots, they would stay in the reserve and once a month have a lot of fun flying the fighter planes around. They were two baseball players. One was Jerry Coleman, and then the other one was Ted Williams. You got to meet Ted Williams. Yes. What what was he like? Very personal. You know, he was an officer and I was enlisted, so we didn't get to mingle with each other. Ted Williams was a fighter pilot in World War II. During the Korean War, Ted Williams was the wingman for John Glenn. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. 
Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Now I feel welcome. Yeah, I feel welcome now. Don't you guys feel better? Yeah, much better. Much better. <laughs> well, there you have it, right there. Thanks. That's, we can leave now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Nate Williams with us this morning. Thomas Laird and also Melinda Tate talking about Murphy's Bro Parks Rec. I try to get it all out in one sentence. And it gets easier. I, yeah, thanks. Anyway, so uh, what else is happening with Parks and Rec? We were talking about... I guess one of the latest trails out there around Walter Hill, yeah, Central Valley Road area. Yeah, so right now people have gotten used to from Walter Hill to Central Valley Road. Uh, we've got 1.37 miles of trail, uh, and it's become one of our most popular sections of trail. And just because there's a full canopy, there's a different view of the river. It's just a beautiful trail. So uh, that was in partnership. That whole project, just like most of our Greenway, was funded federally, uh, thanks to a lot of work from Senator Alexander, Congressman Gordon years ago, and putting in years of work. Uh, so even, you know, we're still getting the benefit of that because in the coming months we'll be preparing for construction of phase two of that trail. So we'll be getting over another mile going from Central Valley north. Uh, so just another section of trail uh, to be added up there, and it's just going to be a beautiful section. Now that area of the river is a lot deeper than, you know, other parts in the in the city. So Yeah, it's a, it's it a completely different. different view. And I think the wildlife, everything you can see since it's a little bit more removed from town, you can see eagles out there. People report that quite a bit. Lots of deer, lots of wildlife out there. But uh, it's a little bit more of a challenging trail, too. There's more elevation gain and drop. Uh, I'm not saying it's challenging by any means, but it just goes up and not, down not just a you. little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, even a novice beginner who's just wanting to get outside can walk on that trail and be completely fine. A lot of people fish in that area. They do. Have you uh, seen some of the gar that they yeah. have caught? Oh, I mean, they're massive. They're yeah. kind of yeah. scary looking. I've seen it paddling the river. Have you? Yeah, I've seen the, a lot of gar in the Stone Getting the river. shady spots, yeah. and they're huge. They are. Something else that we have out there is a new amenity, and I have to give full credit to Thomas here and his staff. Um, they were able to build in-house, uh, Scott, a, a 18-hole disc golf course at this Central Valley Trailhead. So we already have parking uh, that's property that the water department owns. So we were able to go to the water department and say, hey, this is kind of what we're thinking. You know, mm-hmm. uh, would you be okay with us allowing this? And, of course, they're a great partner. And they, we showed them the plan, and they said yes. But, you know, this is something that would have cost, if we would have bid something like this out, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, the work that went into it. But, you know, Thomas and his crew went out there and used internal resources in a busy time of year to build that uh, golf course and um, have done a tremendous job and I think it's really alleviated the wear and tear and just the the what's happened at Barfield has become the place to go uh, locally for disc golf and I think our disc golf community is excited to have that as well so it's something that I think uh, people are excited about. So how big is this new uh, Frisbee disc golf course? Uh, it's quite a bit longer than than Barfield. It's 18 holes uh, but a lot of the holes they average between three to four hundred feet uh, some even longer than that, and it's more of a advanced level course. 
uh, where Barfield now is considered more of a beginner type course, a good place to start. Uh, the other one, the Central Valley, it it requires a lot more skill, a lot more. Uh, a lot of woods there, right? Well, it's it's a good mixture of open and wooded holes. is very long. It's a lot of elevation, so. Uh, it, you, know, you wouldn't believe how much harder yeah. it is to throw the disc uphill than it is uh, and then to control it accurately going downhill so it offers a lot of different contrast but uh, big props to our maintenance crews I mean they've gone in and rarely do you have a new course that goes in like this that is as well maintained uh, it's as nice as most ball golf courses is now so it's unbelievable Shane Lamb and uh, the guys that are working for him under his direction they've done a phenomenal job of having green grass fairways and uh it's really nice they're um, just now completing tee pads here in the next few weeks so um. why is it you never see people at the frisbee golf course with real golf carts just just curious <laughs> well because the distance is in feet versus yards that's one the walk is not quite as long uh but a lot of people playing disc golf are there for exercise yeah, kind of leads back. <laughs> it's fun, right? I think you'd have to have an all-terrain. You'd yeah, probably you have to have a gator or a right, four-wheeler. Right. Yeah, that, especially Barfield, like going up into the wooded <laughs> yeah. holes at Barfield. That'd be fun, though. Uh, yeah. But we do see a lot more and more have the pool carts that they carry. You know, have their discs in, and it provides. So they, they a really seat carry and, that many frisbees oh, yeah, with them. Yeah. So that, I'm not an avid avid player of disc golf. I've played just a few times. I enjoy it, but I played with Thomas one time. I learned all about it. The disc, there's what five or six different discs used for different things, and yeah. then, uh, it's very humbling to play with somebody who knows how to play disc golf. That's the that's the best word I well, can choose. Well, they're actually looking to limit the number of discs guys can carry because now they're carrying 30, 40 discs. Are you with them. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. They've got one for every shot. Some yeah. go right, some go left, some go this distance, some go that distance. Man. The wind plays a factor. Uh, Something though, if you don't want to make that investment, it's hard to play, play disc golf. It's hard to play disc golf with just a normal you know frisbee that yeah. you play with in your yard. Go to the wilderness station. We've got some you can borrow to test it out, and then we have some you can buy as well. But you can rent a, a pack of them uh -huh. and i forget how much it is but it's really affordable yeah uh it, to go out there and give it a try so you don't have to have all the things you can get out there and uh, it's another one of those things just just completely free very, very one disc yeah yeah so to learn more about that or any of the programs again the website for parks and rec is what www.murfreesboroparks.com very simple uh, and it'll take you to a place where you can search all kinds of things and see what's going on in the Parks and Recreation Department. That sounds good. Well, uh, thank you for joining us this morning. And we have uh, more news, more local news and features coming up in just a minute. So make sure you stay with us. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Skies will become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high in the low 60s. North winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, alone near 40. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 50. 
Good morning. Still over there working at Wreck in Wilson County on 231 near Bill France Road. Again, that was a nasty wreck. THP remains on the scene. Traffic still looking good right now, but it's heavy on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you continue towards Nashville. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Log on today, GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Time right now, 847 on the second half of the program this morning. We have an interview with a local nonprofit that focuses on bleeding disorders throughout Tennessee and America. So we'll take a look at that in just a second. Time again right now, 847. You're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today, the 26th of October. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Today we're talking with Janet Patterson about a blood disorder that is very rare in Tennessee and Rutherford County. My son has hemophilia, and so his blood doesn't clot. Patterson is with the Tennessee Hemophilia and Bleeding Disorders Foundation. I'm serving as the president of the board. Our Tennessee state office is located right here in Murfreesboro. So we're, we're always doing active things in this community and trying to, to educate others about this medical condition. Again, Janet Patterson with us this morning talking about hemophilia. And this is, again, something that's very rare, but it is right here in America. 30,000 or so have it in America? That's right. 30,000 have a bleeding disorder. 20,000 of those are hemophilia. And is there a chance there could be more just not diagnosed yet? Absolutely. And mostly it would be von Willebrand's. How do you go about diagnosing something like this? Sometimes it's a mystery. In my case, my brother has hemophilia, so I knew it would ran in our family. And so I'm a carrier of hemophilia and was tested for that before I had children. So I knew that could be the case for my boys, which I have two. My oldest son does not have hemophilia. My youngest son has it. That's how it goes. Genetically, it's a mystery. It's a, it's a gamble. There are families who have children born with a bleeding disorder who have no history of it. Therefore, it's called a spontaneous mutation. We have a lot of families who are affected with a bleeding disorder and have no idea what's coming. Are there times where it's misdiagnosed in the beginning? And and if so, what is it misdiagnosed for? There's hemophilia and there's also von Willebrand's. There's two disorders there. Hemophilia mainly affects males. Von Willebrand's can affect females and males. How do they go about diagnosing it? When you know you have a history in your family, when you know you're a carrier, they can test immediately and and find out from birth. Now, the spontaneous mutations, children who are circumcised and then continue to bleed and don't clot, then that makes the doctors look at it um, again and maybe test them for it. And a lot of times... Maybe the parents choose not to circumcise their child. Then, you know, it it becomes a lot of bruises, a lot of suspicious swelling, and then parents will ask, and, and then it can be investigated. So I guess one of the most scary things about this is if 
a young child were to get just a small cut, they're not going to stop bleeding because their blood does not clot. So that's, I mean, it's very dangerous. It can be if you're unknowing. However, external injuries that we see, the blood that we see, we can handle that when we know there's a bleeding disorder. It's the internal things that you really have to worry about. Brain bleeds, internal bleeds, They mainly bleed in their joints. They mainly have mobility bleeds um, in their knees, hips, ankles, elbows, those kind of things. Bumping into something, most people will just get a bruise. Mm -hmm. But in the case where, like your son, Mm -hmm. if he bumped into something, instead of getting just a regular old bruise, what would happen? He would bleed and swell, and it could become a real issue if we didn't treat it. His medicine is intravenous, therefore we would do an IV infusion and infuse his medicine to to stop the bleeding, and we might do it every day until it stops, and then we would do something called RICE, so R-I-C-E, rest, ice, compression, and elevation would be involved until it healed. Again, we're speaking with Janet Patterson this morning, and hemophilia is what we're talking about. And the organization, again... The Tennessee Hemophilia and Bleeding Disorders Foundation. I guess more importantly, though, people need to figure out if this runs in their family or not, especially if they're pregnant, they're thinking about maybe having kids one day. They need to know if this is in their family. We have a lot of women who are undiagnosed with von Willebrand's disease. And if they have um, very heavy menstrual cycles, that is one clue that this could be happening to them and them unknowingly having a bleeding disorder. So in that case, they would be considered a carrier or would that mean that they also run the risk of their blood not being able to clot properly? That's right. They run the risk of their blood not being able to clot properly. And that can be really critical during surgeries dental procedures, or when they have a a child of their own. I I remember off the air, you were talking about how, I think in the beginning, your son had to have an injection, what was it, almost every day. And then nowadays, medicine has gotten better, and he is able to go through injections once every two weeks or so, right? It's amazing how far we've come. So he has his IV infusions. We do prophylaxis. We did prophylaxis starting when he was 13 months old. He had a port for eight years, and we infused his port at home every other day. And so when we had the port removed, it aged out. We learned IV infusions. And so he and I, he at that young of an age, eight years old, learned how to infuse himself. It's just a necessity. It's what he grew up with. It's what he knows. It's not fun. Um, It's hard. But that's what we did. So um, a couple of years ago, They came out with the newest medication for hemophilia, and it is sub-Q, which means you inject it in the fat of your skin, and he only has to have that every two weeks. We went from every other day infusions to every two weeks sub-Q medications, and it was life-changing for him. It was life-changing for me. It was life-changing for our entire family. So it's amazing. But when he has a bleed, when he has an active bleed, we have to revert back to the IV infusions until it heals. It sounds like he's able to live a somewhat normal and healthy life. He is. He lives a a somewhat normal life. He's been prevented to play some extreme sports, football and soccer and those kind of things. But we substitute some fun things for him. 
He's grown up normally. Um, that is his normal. It has never been easy. He's a procrastinator when it comes to, you know, sticking himself with a needle still. But it is his normal. And um, we look at our bleeding disorders community and those who have bleeding disorders as heroes for what they go through and come out strong for. When you hear about disorders like this, for example, people donating blood to the Red Cross, is there groups you can reach out to if a transfusion is needed? Or can he even have a transfusion with a disorder like this? It's not necessary. Um, because the medicine that he takes puts what he's missing in his blood back in so his blood can then clot. So transfusions aren't necessary. In the past, the medication was derived from human blood. So the American Red Cross was a strong part of our family, strong part of what we needed as bleeding disorders community. But now the medicine is derived from hamster kidneys, believe it or not. Wow. And so it's come a long way in the way it's made, him Libra uh, is the medicine that he takes sub Q, and it is even different. It's not a factor replacement. It mimics and brings the whole clotting cascade together. Looking back, you were saying you also have a family member who goes through the same thing with hemophilia. Was it your brother? That's right. So looking back, how much has medicine changed from when your brother first had it to now your son at what, 17? Right. My brother has a lot of bodily damage. He has a lot of arthritis. Is it because of? Because of hemophilia and because when he was younger, they didn't do prophylaxis. And prophylaxis is treatment with medication to prevent bleeds. So when he was younger, it was treat on demand. So he'd have a bleed and then it would be treated. And so he had more bleeding episodes. He put off having that infusion because he wants to get stuck by a needle. And so um, he has a lot of damage from from that, where when my son was born, we started prophylaxis treatment right away to prevent as many bleeds. He doesn't have the same arthritis that my brother has. It's just, it's better, so much better. So medically speaking, so much has changed in the last 30 plus years with hemophilia and with what doctors now know about it, with what scientists know about it. So what's the goal 10 years from now? Gene therapy. Gene therapy to just replace what's missing and wipe out hemophilia from the body. It's in the works. Gene therapy is in the works for a lot of conditions right now. And hemophilia, bleeding disorders, is one. So we're very um, optimistic for what the future holds. So someone listening right now, if they want to learn more about this, if they suspect that this could run in my family and I want to make sure that my first son, my first daughter, whatever the case is, doesn't have this, what do they need to do first? Go to our website, Tennessee Hemophilia and Bleeding Disorders Foundation. The website is simple. It's thbdf.org. And then they can learn more about the disorder itself. They can learn about the programs that we have in place for our community. Our Tennessee State Office is located right here in Murfreesboro. Again, Janet Patterson with us this morning talking about hemophilia. There is a lot of research, it sounds like, being done. We're slowly getting to that point where there may be, I don't know if you would call it a cure, but there may be a, a chance for the proper gene mutation to make sure it doesn't happen if you know this is something that you carry in your family. We're hopeful. Website, one more time as we close out. THBDF.org. 
The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. The Truman Show, weekday mornings at 9. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Skies will become mostly sunny here this afternoon with a high in the low 60s. North winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, alone near 40. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 50. with traffic, news, and weather bulletins anytime. Good Neighbor Talk is your 24-7 connection. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. News Radio, WGNS, Murfreesboro, the voice of Rutherford County, and the flagship station for Blue Raiders sports. The Cordas Clock shows it's 9 o'clock. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. On July 9th, the Central Tennessee Region Solid Waste Planning Board recommended against the proposed northern expansion of Middle Point Landfill by Republic Services. Republic Services requested permission to expand because land of the current site has an expiration date, as County Mayor Bill Ketron explains. They tell us uh, anywhere from six to seven years left at the current site as far as the footprint of where they're dumping trash today, how much space is left. Republic Services wanted to expand in what's been called a lateral expansion of around 100 acres. Murfreesboro Assistant City Manager Darren Gore says it's an area on the side of the current landfill that has previously been used for youth league sporting events. The area that they're talking about, though, with the park and the athletic fields, that's the area that they're talking about expanding into. That's the area that I said has never before now been requested. Uh, It was not in the original permit of that landfill to use that area as landfill. So that's where I'm saying that's a new landfill in the city's perspective or the city's eyes. What to do about future waste generated in Rutherford County is still being discussed. A former Tennessee House member is considered an unindicted co-conspirator in the federal campaign finance indictment of State Senator Brian Kelsey. Prosecutors did not release the House member's identity but said he served the legislature from 2013 to 2016 before the House kicked him out. The Daily Memphian reports that that lines up with the tenure of Jeremy Durham, who was expelled after the Tennessee Attorney General said he sexually harassed at least 22 women. News on demand 24-7 at our website, wgnsradio.com. And when news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. 